Hello and welcome to the Sporting Minds UK podcast with your host Ollie Westbury. It's been a long time since we last recorded an episode, however I am delighted to inform the listeners that we are now recording six brand new episodes of the podcast that will be released once a fortnight at the beginning of the working week. So those of you who like routine, this will suit you. There's been lots of things going on behind the scenes here at Sporting Minds UK in the last few months and we're delighted that we can bring a little bit more audio content for you to listen to. We have six brand new guests and they all come from different backgrounds with different sports and they all have different stories. But before we get into the guests, I'd just like to bring you a little bit of an update regarding our co-hosts. Twiggy is expecting his first child, so everyone at Sporting Minds UK sends Twiggy our best wishes. And uh, our founder, Cal, is currently in his last year of his degree down in Oxford. And when you combine that with his other responsibilities within the charity, it doesn't leave him with an awful lot of time. So it's just me this time around. I'll be sharing with you a number of interviews that I've conducted over the last couple of months with a variety of different athletes. The first guest on the podcast is Dan Derman. And in August this year, Dan completed an Ironman to raise money for Sporting Minds and also for Prostate Cancer UK. For those who are unaware of what an Ironman is, it consists of a 2.4 mile swim, a 112 mile bicycle ride and a marathon all at the same time. He finished it just three places away from qualifying for the World Championships. Enjoy! Dan, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. How are you, mate? Yeah, all good, thanks. Thanks for inviting me on. I think it's probably a good thing for us to do to do today is to probably run through in chronological order. I think that'll help the listeners to understand um, some of the challenges, both mental and physical, that you've had to deal with along the way whilst completing this Ironman. So I think if we take it right back to the very beginning, at, at what point do you decide that you want to do an Ironman and how far away from the event are you actually making this decision to, to, to start your training? Yeah, it was basically my housemate at uni, Josh. He, um, he was the one that signed up originally. Um, and I was very much a tag along. Him and his friend Harry, um, they signed up in October 2020, I believe. So about nine months out from the event. And sort of a couple of years prior to that, really, me and Josh were always like talking about like doing some sort of challenge, like cycling challenge. We were always sort of thinking about going from Vancouver to San Diego along the Pacific Highway sort of sort of route. <clears throat> and you know, you know, nothing ever came of that, obviously, but we were always sort of like looking at these challenges and then obviously Josh signed up um, and I, he sort of like flirted with the idea of like asking, asking us um, whether we wanted to join in and sort of half jokingly, half seriously. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it sort of thing. Um, and this was like before Christmas and then time passed and I didn't really do anything about it. Um, and then come March or end of February, um, 2021 uh, this year, uh, I sort of crossed my mind again and I thought well, actually it'd be something pretty cool to do coming off the back of coronavirus and all that sort of stuff so I thought yeah it'd be a pretty cool achievement um, to look back on so yeah start of March I think I uh, committed I pressed the button and and that was that and and you did it on behalf of on, on behalf of charity you, Sporting Minds was one of the charities that you chose um, can you just give explain the other one that you chose and the reasons that, the, that you made those decisions yeah, so Sporting Minds is obviously one, and then Prostate Cancer UK was the other one. So um, obviously you're aware that of my my granddad. He's um, he sort of watched all my sporting commitments and and stuff, and like football, cricket, growing up. Um, so he's like watched us play for for years, um, and basically he's he's sort of lived with diabetes um, for over thirty years. Uh, 
basketball for yeah for as long as I can remember. Um, and then I think it was about seven or eight years ago, he also got diagnosed with prostate cancer. Um, and you know, that was that was something that you know hit home. Um, something that he's had to deal with. He's sort of taken the hard knocks and the setbacks in his stride. And so, yeah, of course, it was sort of a personal challenge to do to do this Ironman alongside, you know, Josh and Harry. Uh, but I also sort of took the opportunity to, you know, um, raise some money for prostate cancer uh, and sporting minds, um, in particular, my like my granddad. Sort of, you know, the commitment and discipline he's shown over the years to stick with with all the the challenges that he's had. It was sort of the process that I was going to go through wasn't going to be much in comparison. So that was obviously the reasoning behind behind that, and sort of he gave me the motivation to do it. Um, and then obviously, obviously we've played with Cal, um, teammate at Himley, uh, played cricket with him for a number of years now. So the other the other reason for choosing Sporting Minds was you know to to help a teammate and friend one, and two sort of his reasons for starting the charity sort of resonated with me a little bit. Um, he mentioned, he's mentioned a few times, sort of like speaking to us about it and stuff in the changing rooms and on a couple of the other podcast episodes that although he didn't necessarily have serious mental health issues, he sort of, you know, there were times that he didn't want to play. He was a bit, a bit down, a bit depressed or whatever, um, and just didn't really want to play. And, and that sort of resonated with me and my time sort of like growing up trying to play elite level sport to the highest level you can trying to go as far as you can and there are no moments where you know there's, there's pressures that come with that and along the way there's moments that I just didn't want to play I'd prefer to just have the Saturday off or, or whatever um so yeah his his reasoning behind doing that sort of yeah very much similar to, to my own uh, experiences growing up and it was a opportunity to to sort of make a contribution to the great work that they're doing to allow them to carry on doing it. It's interesting you say that about that. Is it that fear of failure almost thing that that imposter syndrome that kind of creeps in? I think I imagine that happens at the highest level, but that I think that must happen at all levels that, I mean, I get it myself. Like every time you go play cricket, you think, oh, do I want to play today? But (laughs) you have to just drag yourself out there and go and play. But I think that's some real valid points you make there. And Cal really did spot, didn't he, that, that, that there's a real gap in support for people of a certain age that are trying to make it into professional sport. So, you know, the, the Sporting Minds charity is a, it's a fantastic course. But back onto your Ironman journey. So you've, you've decided that you're going to do your Ironman. You, you know the event's coming up. So how much training did this take? How much commitment? Um, bearing in mind you're completing your Masters alongside it. So just, just tell us a little bit about how much it actually took for you for you to to do this yeah i mean there's sort of no getting around it it was tough um and to start with i i sort of started the process really um seriously the first two or three weeks i was following a training plan were we in um, lockdown at the time as well when you must march you must have still been in lockdown by then as well yeah yeah so for a good chunk of it yeah i mean I, was it 20 the whole meme and stuff it was like the 21st of june or something wasn't it the the time that we came out of lockdown yeah something like that, restrictions yeah. and i think mm. it got pushed back even further but but yeah i mean started in lockdown and the majority of the training to be honest was was all on my own an individual which was tough 
um particularly tough mentally that was you know trying to motivate yeah. yourself um but uh, yeah after the first two or three weeks um i sort of just got a blueprint in my head i, I was sort of i finding it hard to to follow the plan exactly um and then when you when you're not following it exactly and you're sort of like ticking off some sessions and not others you're just thinking that i'm never going to be ready or, or whatever um so i decided to just not follow the plan at all and just sort of winged it and that may come as a surprise or not to you <laughs> i'm not sure but yeah i sort of just got a blueprint in my head sort of knew roughly what i had to do because briefly looking at all the training plans previously but you know they're all very similar in terms of the volume and what you what you have to do um but yeah i mean it was tough it was relentless physically and mentally really i was gonna i was gonna say actually like an ironman it's a mammoth event it's not quite like you're training to do a 5k as 5k as quick as you can and you go out and you blitz a 2k or you go out and i mean how, what, <laughs> what what kind of distances are you running what kind of distances are you cycling like how often did you have to do those kind of things yeah i mean there was no because i because i was just trying to make the most efficient use of my time because obviously you mentioned like adding my masters on top of it generally there's there's no sort of typical week if you like the only things that would sort of stay consistent would be the fact that I'd be trying to do it six days and have one day rest. Um, and within that, the structure would, I would try and get a long ride in at the weekend and a long run in at the weekend or the, right. the day after my long ride, basically, because trying to sort of simulate race conditions as much as possible. So, you know, you do a long ride, you're not going to go and do a, a real long run in training straight off the back of that. But in the actual event, you are going to have to do that. So the day after, I would try and do a long run um, just to sort of get used to running on tired legs, getting used to the fatigue and that sort of stuff. Um, but it also occasionally shorter sessions doing like brick workouts. So like combining the two, um, having doing like a, a swim and a bike or a bike and a run in, in the same session and just getting used to that transition. But I mean, yeah, like you say, the race itself is tough, but it's sort of the whole process. Um, the whole journey um, is, is probably what's even more challenging, trying to manage your time. Um, you know, I was trying to make the most efficient use of my time. I'd be like, cycle. well, I, I cycled to, to cricket in pre-season yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. and stuff <laughs> like that. And if I know that I'm going to be out of the house for the whole day and I'm not going to be able to do work, I might as well try and combine some training with that and yeah. then catch up on work the day after or something. Um, so yeah, it was just all about trying to make the most efficient use of my time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was relentless. I mean, the motivation, uh, obviously we previously alluded to, to being in lockdown. So a lot of it was on my own. Um, and training alone for the majority of the time, you know, there's like, it's not all sunshine and roses sort of thing, you know, trying to go to the local reservoir on a Monday, Mondays were the time were the days of the sessions for open water. Oh, reservoir. Why don't you just go to a swimming pool? <laughs> because you've got to get used to like open water stuff. So like oh. swimming in open water. I thought I'd, you know, I've been on holiday. I've swum in the sea, you know, I, th I thought, yeah, I'm used to all that sort of stuff. I'm used to a bit of open water swimming, but it's completely different. Um, 
and that's one thing that that I did notice so like getting used to open water swimming up like as I said it was on a Monday so like Monday evening session the weather it's raining it's drizzly it's quite tough to motivate yourself um but sort of my mindset was always to just do the work to sort of earn that you know earn it you know not going to enjoy it if you don't if you cut corners sort of thing um so yeah i mean generally i'm very if i put my mind to something i'm generally quite driven and i've always been fairly competitive so yeah to for me it was just you know i've mainly competed in team sports and this was like a completely different thing for me um but you know i realized that it was all about the process it wasn't about instant results and success it was a long journey to like you know the event was in august um so it was re- relentless but you know there's different elements to training as well not every run has to be a tempo run for example one of my biggest struggles was sort of fighting myself in training I, like to start with i felt like every session had to be a real tough one um and that it had to hurt and that's that's when i know that i'm in, i'm improving but that's not the case there's lots of different sessions and of course there's going to be good days bad days um and i didn't always i don't always enjoy the training like in the moment you know i don't all when i'm 10k into the run or something you know i'm not necessarily enjoying that um but it's you know it's the satisfaction of giving it everything um at the end of the day not feeling guilty that you've you've cut corners and and that's when you enjoy it more i guess but yeah, it, it was tough and it was a long process, but it was well worth it in the end, I think. Yeah, well, I, I tell you what, you're brave to do an Ironman, but you're even braver to go in a reservoir where near, near where we live. Um, I think that for sure. <laughs> um, just moving on, we've talked slightly about the leading up to the event, but I just wanted to know if there was you suffered. Well, I do know that you did suffer some setbacks leading up to the event. You had those difficulties with COVID um, quite close to when you to, to when you went away. So how did those affect you and how did you really deal with those? And would you like to just explain to the listeners what what, what it was that happened? Yeah, um, it was it was around when England were playing in the Euros. So the final, when was that? 11th of July or something like that um so yeah went to went to the pub as, as most did wasn't um you know watched with with some mates um the less said about the the result the better obviously yeah yeah um but a couple of my friends had been in contact with some people that um ended up testing positive for um covid so obviously they tested the the day after the final um, and it came back positive as well. And the rules back then, I think it was if you've been, you know, in close contact that you had to isolate. So, yeah, I mean, um, I had to isolate for 10 days. I missed. So it was, I actually came out one day before my graduation ceremony, um, which was a bit of a close call. Um, yeah, it sort of hit home because, I mean, that ceremony had already been um, postponed for a year, it had been pushed back a year because I graduated in 2020. Yeah. Um, and this this ceremony was in, Ju- in July 2021. So getting out the day before really sort of hit home that it's not necessarily me getting COVID that's going to affect me too much. 
it was more about it might actually stop me doing the thing the actual event yeah. and stop yeah. me stop me actually going physically um so from that from that point on yeah it was a case of just being being as um as far away from well i say civilization but just sort of keeping my keeping my distance from any sort of gatherings i mean i had to miss the wedding of a, of a good friend for example and that's just like one of the sort of sacrifices one of the many sacrifices along the way um and and with the with the whole uncertainty around covid i didn't actually know that we were well we didn't actually know that we'd be able to go until the 26th of july i think bearing in mind that the the event is the 14th of august it's like yeah two and a half three weeks so in terms of like planning for accommodation flights and stuff it was just a bit of a nightmare and it wasn't wasn't very good um but eventually you know we 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 were we did find out that we could go and that and that was great and then and then the, we had a few logistical challenges to say the least and there's a big yeah. uh, shout out yeah a big shout out to my parents um without them in more ways than one it would have it wouldn't have been possible it was it, well, yeah um harry one of the other lads that i did it with unfortunately for him his his organization backfired so he he booked his flights well 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 in advance um thought he'd be prepared and and you know organized which he was but what he didn't realize was that so basically the 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 event is is about a five-hour drive from helsinki and there's there's an airport a closer airport that he booked flights to but he didn't realize that (laughs) the airport is so small they couldn't get his bike on the flight on the flight up there so yeah so then we hadn't he couldn't for some reason he couldn't cancel his flights or change them so we had a bit of an issue where i had to take his bike as well as mine but uh, flying with one bike's a bloody problem enough i recently went away and seen them carrying them bike cases around it's bloody chaos yeah yeah trust me they're they're not small um they're not subtle things so i had yeah i had two bike boxes um unfortunately my parents committed to going um, when they found out that they could otherwise it would have been impossible for me to log all my i don't know three or four cases and two bike boxes so uh, so yeah they helped me w- with that and then we had a whole issue around hiring cars out there because as i said it was a five hour drive from helsinki and we couldn't get a flight up there because of the bikes they couldn't get on the flights so me and Josh had to, <laughs> we had to like um, hire a van and a car because we had to see how big the bike boxes were um, back when when we we got them sorted back home, um, and they, there was just no way they didn't fit in my dad's car. We had to get um, my sister's boyfriend's VW Transporter uh, to fit both both boxes in just to get them to Heathrow so when we were weighing up what car to hire on the other side it was just like yeah I don't think a VW Polo is going to get two bike boxes and four suitcases in so so we had to so we had to hire two a a car and a van 
and I shoved my dad in a van. He, he had the manual van <laughs> to drive five hours. And we, we had a little, um, I think we had a, yeah, we had a VW Golf automatic <laughs> that me and Josh were just cruising along behind him. Um, so yeah, very thankful to the parents for that one. Um, bit eventful, but we got there in the end. Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. You got there. Although, you got, go on. No, I was just going to say, although we, we very nearly didn't even get to the airport, actually. Um, we didn't get to Heathrow nearly because when I, was, I come to packing my bike the night before and <laughs> stupidly I left it till the left packing my bike as, as being the last thing to do and left, left it to the last minute. Um, and <laughs> I, I came to, so basically to get the bike into the bike box, you have to take the pedals off, otherwise it just won't fit. Um, and I hadn't, since I put the pedals in when I first bought the bike, I hadn't taken the pedals off. So <laughs> they just like seized up. So, so basically I came to try and get my bike in the bike box and couldn't get my pedals off. And it was about 10 o'clock at night. And one of the guys who's helped me, who lives next door to my nan and granddad, actually, who's helped me with the cycling aspect of it throughout, gave me lots of advice. And he's been very helpful and very appreciate what he's done um, very much, but <laughs> I bet he didn't appreciate me ringing him up at 10 o'clock at night, the night before I'm leaving, asking if I could, if he could help me sort my pedals. And, but, you know, fortunately I caught him just before he was going to bed and he, he said to come on over, which I did <laughs> so with my bike in the, uh, in the van and he got to his house and, you know, I didn't, because he answered, I didn't think that, you know, I disturbed him too much until he opened the door in his dressing gown. So, Ian, if if you do listen, I'm very sorry about that. Um, but yeah, appreciate it very much. Um, yeah, it was that was a bit funny, but uh, a close call, but very fortunate in the end. So you, most people wouldn't wouldn't do a marathon, let alone cycle however many miles it is and and swim that far before it as well so, so so how did the actual event go um at any point did you think that you wouldn't be able to finish you know when we've talked about imposter syndrome already was that chimp inside your head working in overdrive or was the event actually like relatively straightforward i can't imagine um doing doing something like that being relatively straightforward though <laughs> um yeah it went well i mean I was very pleased with how I did in the end. Um, 184th, weren't you? And you're the sixth British person to complete the race. That's what, that's what my, my due diligence is telling me here. <laughs> it put me on the spot, but I think it's somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something like that. But I mean, yeah, funny. You just, you say a marathon. It was that funny enough. It was my first marathon as well. I'd never, never done yeah. a marathon before. You don't do anything in half measures, do you? <laughs> no no that's we can blame josh for that one just yeah straight in at the deep end but yeah um but yeah it went well um very pleased with how it went um i think we all did all three of us um did better than we were expecting um the swim the bike the run on all aspects i, I was fairly pleased with with how i did the, the swim i was probably most anxious about like th through all the training and leading up to it and first signing up, I thought, oh, the swim will be my biggest struggle. 
but actually that was probably one of the most enjoyable bits. Yeah. Is that um, because you're fresher or just because, why, why was that? I, I don't know, really. It was just, I don't know, the environment, the atmosphere. Um, yeah, I've seen some of the pictures and the pictures really, of the, the place that you were, that you were at doing it is finland wasn't it finland yeah 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 finland yeah, um it, it was beautiful. very scenic the lake yeah uh, yeah um so that and the weather in the morning was really nice so so it was actually yeah. one of the most enjoyable bits um yeah and then the bike the bike was there's a few tough moments to be fair um but all in all not too bad i think there was a 20 kilometer stretch uh, into the wind uh, which wasn't the most pleasant and the yeah. final 20 kilometers was also quite tough um yeah but it's quite funny actually on the bike because it's sort of like it was a two-lap course and it was like one road that was closed um so we we'd go past like each other so like me and josh and harry we'd like see each other and give each other a wave along the way so that was good um we'd sort of give each other a bit of a boost yeah, a bit of um, encouragement. And also, yeah, and also the weather actually, the weather turned throughout the day. It's, it's a bit it's a bit like over here, really. The weather's very, people were asking me, like, oh, doing it in Finland, is it, like, really cold? Like, <laughs> because the place is actually a ski resort in the winter where it is. Yeah. Um, but in the summer, it, it's very much like over here. Um, so although it was nice in the morning, the weather turned in the afternoon, and we actually missed it on the bike. But um, so coming back, yeah, the, the last, I don't know, 40 kilometers or so, the, all, the, all the tarmac was all wet, but we, we'd missed it all. Um, so that, that was fortunate. And then on the run, it was less fortunate. It was sort of quite biblical, really. The, the rain that came down on the second lap, second and third lap in particular, um, it was just torrential. They had to, had to build a temporary bridge um, near the finish line because it was on quite a bit of a steep hill actually and it was where the start was as well so where the, where we set off for the swim so they they put a lot of sand down uh, for the start so then when all this rain was coming down the hill on the run it like just washed away this sand and creating like this crevasse and uh, yeah they had to put this temporary bridge down <laughs> like yeah so that was um, eventful, but managed to get through it okay. Um, the third and the run, the run how was, was tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the run, surely, doing a marathon at the best of times must be nigh on impossible, but but surely that those last couple of rap, laps of the run must have been horrid. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I just mentioned I'd, I'd never done a marathon before. Um, the, the longest run I'd done before it was, I think, 25 kilometers about, I think it was about two and a half weeks before, just, just as a, the last, that was the last session I did before going into a taper. Um, I was like, I feel like, yeah, I probably ought to do <laughs> at least a two hour run before I go into it. Cause I, prior to that, I hadn't even done a two hour run. Um, so that was the longest that I'd done a 25 kilometer to run the two and a half weeks before and then yeah so it was a bit of an unknown territory really um and it was a lap course so yeah four lots of 10 point something kilometers 
the first two laps I felt really good uh, off coming off the bike. And then the third lap, it really hit me where I started to get a little bit of cramp in the back of my knee, yeah. my left knee. Uh, yeah, that was, and it's sort of like on the third lap is, it was a bit, you know, there's still a long way to go here. There's still yeah, like another, yeah. 20, another 22 kilometers or something to go. Jesus. Um, and thinking, and then thoughts start, you know, cropping up into your head, like, oh, am I going to make this or whatever? But um, to be honest, at no point did I ever think I wasn't going to. Yeah. Throughout the whole sort of event, really. Uh, I just sort of like trusted the training, really, and the process. And, and then come around onto the fourth lap and you're sort of a bit closer and you think just like, even if I pull up here, I just know that I'm going to finish because I'm going to walk the rest of it, if nothing yeah. else. So psychologically getting to the fourth lap, although I might be in a slightly worse physical state, psychologically it was, it was easier and that sort of helped me, uh, helped me around really. Funnily enough as well, to going, going back to it, you mentioned and was there any point so you, you felt that you wouldn't finish coming out of the swim i did actually um smash my toe <laughs> so the so like just before the cycle in the transition going from swim to cycle i stubbed my toe and nearly face planted in front of all the cameras and all the crowds along the side which <laughs> made, would, have, would have made for a, a great photo but Fortunately for me, I managed to stay on my feet um, and not face plant. I don't know. It was a strange one because I felt it. I felt my my foot, like my my toe, like give it a real good, give the floor a real good whack. And I heard a click, and I, it, it was sore as I was as I did it. But after that, for some reason, it never sort of like entered my head, and I never felt it again until I think it was the start of the second lap of the run. And then I thought, oh, hang on a minute. Why is my toe hurting? Oh yeah, I smashed it back when I just finished the swim. Um, but fortunately, yeah, it didn't stop me. Uh, didn't stop me completing it, and I managed to carry on. So I've seen that picture of you coming over the over the finish line. Can you like describe that feeling to me? What's that like? Similar actually to the to the very start, to the very beginning. At the beginning, there's a few nerves, but and I thought I was going to be more nervous than what I was. There's a little bit there, but there's more excitement than anything else. Yeah. And coming over the finish line, I just remember just feeling excited again, just excited and elated and proud, I guess. But to be honest, so when you come over the line, you go into like a, the finishing tent where, they, where they've got your, um, it was like a bag called like your street wear or something or your street clothes that you put all your dry clothes in to change into. And so I grabbed all that off them and they give you a medal and, get some food and stuff and then coming out the other side of that tent I just remember seeing my parents and I just remember just being like really happy to sort of share that moment with like my mum and dad like they they'd made the effort to come over um and and that they were glad they did in the end and and I was very glad that they they could come over it sort of helped helped me around and spurred me on and just sharing that moment with them was was really nice um so just felt really happy because i i've mentioned before without them it wouldn't have been possible in in more ways than one all the, the help and support i mean in everything that i've ever done they've always been very supportive which is is 
has been really good and, and helped me throughout. How did you combine recovery with celebration? Because surely you wanted to have a few beers, but then I suppose at the same time, then you really want to do that after you've done spent spent 11 hours doing exercise, do you really? It's probably not, probably not in your best interests. <laughs> no, um, not got much in your belly. Um, yeah might not take much to to push you over the edge but it was funny because there was a buzz there was a buzz after finishing it all all three of us you know we were all so happy and there was a buzz you know we couldn't stop talking and also happy and still had some you know this sort of like energy after after doing it all but yeah we get back to the to the house where we were stopping and and yeah we all we all get showered or whatever and 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 sort of get into some sort of (laughs) sort of fairly fit state and just sort of have a few drinks really and just chilled around and you know it's like you say it was a bit not anticlimactic but because you're not going to be there partying into the night after after that it was sort of just a few quiet drinks some food um just chatting really it was just quite a nice positive vibe and yeah I to be honest though on the day on the after finishing the event on the day the 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 sort of the the feeling was still was still a positive one and then maybe the day after it sort of like hits you that I haven't got to get up and do any training here and I actually haven't got to get up and do any training for another few weeks or whatever yeah and it's sort of a bit bit of an anticlimax and a bit strange that like all that training that you've done and this focus of your life for the last six months you know 10 15 hours a week training all of a sudden it's just like done and you know that that's that sort of thing like the day yeah. after the whole event was like wrapped up and everybody'd gone you know such a such a buzz around the place for the whole event week you know the thursday up to the saturday and then by sunday and monday it was just like everything that was like ripped up and it had gone and it was a bit of a strange feeling afterwards um but yeah yeah i guess i think it's important because obviously link sort of like linking this back to a bit of mental health and the sporting minds aspect exercise and physical activity is obviously scientifically and research has proven that it's it's good for mental health and routine is good um for our mental health but actually when you finish and you've got no other focus like the sort of like the post-race blues if you like I can imagine that you know you've spent so long training for something and then suddenly it's it's gone and you've not quite got something to focus your attention on anymore have you I suppose it was it was it was really strange um I mean we're still obviously happy and everything that you know we'd done it and relief that we'd all got round and completed it and we were all happy for each other and, and there was still positive vibes going around it was just a bit of a a strange feeling that I don't have to get up and go for a run tomorrow or something like that. But I think sort of with, with anything like that, whenever there's been a focus for so long, I think it's always important. Yeah. Going forward to sort of have something on the horizon to look forward to, to sort of combat that strange feeling 
or try to combat that strange feeling um however big or small that next that next sort of event is that you're looking forward to for example yeah Dan, everyone at Sporting Minds would like to congratulate you on what was a truly phenomenal achievement. Um, we have, I have your your finish time now. It, 10 hours, 58 minutes and 11 seconds. That's a fantastic effort to be able to run, swim and cycle that far. And everybody at Sporting Minds, like I say, would like to congratulate you. It's a, it's, it's a great story that we like to tell on this this podcast, mate. So so well done. No, thank you very much. It's um, It was a pleasure. I mean, yeah, it was a personal challenge and, and whatever. But to be honest, having the added pressure of, of raising some money and knowing yeah. that you've got to do it and, and you've just got to get on and, yeah, you've just got to get on and do it. It was a good pressure to have. Um, and to be honest, it, it made it all sort of worthwhile seeing seeing the benefits of that and seeing the amount um, of money raised for two great causes. And thank you so much to, to everybody that did donate um i've tried to to thank everybody uh, uh sort of individually but if i haven't then then thank you very much um yeah it was it made it all worth yeah it was a it was a thoroughly enjoyable journey and very rewarding overall you have you've stole my thunder then because i was just about to thank you for the amount of money that you'd raised for sporting minds i had that down on my notes there but you've, you've stole me thunder but that's all right that's all right um <laughs> and you've also you. come on the podcast as well so we're very very grateful for that as well dan so so thank you very much for that one as well i'll be able to do another fundraising campaign potentially in the future <laughs> my auntie and cousin they both do triathlons my cousin actually shout out to to steph she did the exact same as me a month before me at the Nottingham Outlaw, um, which is the exact same distances. She completed that and both my auntie's done one as well before, but yeah. both of them have signed up to do a half Ironman next, next October, I want to say in Barcelona. So there's every chance that I could be joining them next year and potentially, <laughs> potentially raise a bit more money. Raising um, some more money. Months, yeah. But... No, you go for it. You go for it. You don't take much convincing <laughs> anyway, do you? No, it's, uh, yeah, it's all good stuff. Um, so, guys, that's all we've got time for today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And just a reminder, just to keep an eye on other release of the podcast at different times. So just keep an eye out on our social media channels. If you wouldn't mind, we'll be announcing as and when we go, we go to release a future episode, but I hope you've enjoyed this one and make sure you tune in for the next episode, which will be two weeks today, hopefully. Bye for now.